0: Someone dared compare him to me and I came out on the bottom. <sighs> but that's okay. I like being an underdog. Thank you Jeff for filling in last week. I know he always puts his heart into it and it's always good. And someone told me said he spoke a lot about Misty. I said, "Oh, that party is about me." Yeah, that's right. I don't talk about Misty, but I talk about somebody else. Far more than I should. But today I want you to know that uh, I could not do what I do with you and for you as your pastor without Cindy. Couldn't do it. Uh, She says her spiritual gift is to keep me humble. (laughs) Uh, Her spiritual gift is to take this warrior... When I'm a child and let me sit over in a fetal position in the corner because I have no idea what to do and she'll come over and just hug me and say everything's going to be all right and so I'm grateful for her I can't look at her because I'll start crying so um, I thank her from the bottom of my heart for being the mother to my children and the grandmother to our grandchildren and to our great grand dogs that we have. <laughs> Two, we have Hercules, who's this big, and Champo, that's this big. So, those are my grandsons until July. <laughs> you have your Bibles or your electronic device with your Bible, let's hold them up. Hold them up proudly. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're sitting close to a mother, turn to her and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. now turn to your neighbor and say I'm so glad to see you <laughs> now turn to your neighbor and say you look marvelous darling simply marvelous <laughs> So, I missed a week I gotta catch up with you So, alright the next few Sundays, uh, taking a break from our series that we usually do and just uh, just sharing with you some messages for the time that we're here. This, this week, it's Mother's Day, next week, Grad Sunday, and then the following uh, Sunday, Memorial Day weekend, and we'll start a new series in June, and so I'm excited about that. There was uh, four preachers got together one day, now that's always, a <laughs> that can be a real interesting time. And, of course, when preachers get together, they talk about church. And one of them said, "Uh, I prefer the King James Version of Scripture. And, of course, a lot of the church would say, Amen, Amen. And one of them said, uh, as he said, I like the King James Version, because of the eloquent use of the English language. Second minister uh, said, there's no Bible, however, that will match the New American Standard for its faithfulness to the original Greek and Hebrew text. Well, that may well be, said the third, but the New International Version is certainly better in contemporary language and easy to read. A little bit of silence. The fourth one spoke up and said, I like my mother's translation best. The others were kind of surprised. had no idea that his mother had made a translation of the Bible. He went on to explain that I like my mother's translation best because she translated into her daily life and it was through her translation that I came to faith. Moms, grandmothers, thought it was fitting today to talk about two of you in the Scripture. In 1 Timothy, we read it earlier in 1 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy, excuse me, chapter 1 and verse 5, and we find there uh, two ladies Lois, the grandmother of Timothy, and Eunice, his mother. They gave to Timothy a heritage that only mothers and grandmothers can give. Paul mentions Timothy as the co-sender of six of his letters. He spoke highly of Timothy in his letter to the Philippians. So confident was Paul of Timothy and his faith that in his first letter to Timothy, he called Timothy, my true son in the faith. Timothy became for Paul what Barnabas could not be, and that's the inheritor of Paul's mission. In Paul's final letter to Timothy, written near the end of his life, he speaks without reserve, he calls Timothy, my beloved child, for Timothy was truly part of Paul's spiritual family. And we know Timothy's real father was a Greek, his mother a Jewish Christian, but Paul, who seems never to have been married, there's speculation about that, he found in Timothy a person that he could pass on. His ministry, his mission, his passion, he could pass that on to him. Though he didn't carry a family name, there was an identical faith that they both shared. Paul, in essence, said, Timothy, I know your grandmother and her faith is authentic. It's real. It is the same faith I've observed in your mother, and having, after having watched you all this time, I'm convinced of your faith also. And to describe that faith, Paul uses a word which literally means without hypocrisy. If you can find someone today who doesn't have any hypocrisy in their life, that's a truly blessed person. And that's truly a person that you want to hang around. Lois and Eunice show Timothy by word and example what it means to live in real faith. A faith without hypocrisy. It's totally absent. And the real thing, genuine, sincere, is there. And with the highest accolades and the greatest tributes could ever be given to any mother or grandmother on Mother's Day, is for you as, your, as a child or as a grandchild to say to that mother or that grandmother, you have given me real faith. You see, oftentimes people in the church we call ourselves a family. Is that true? In the church, we're a family. The problem with families is we know too much about each other. Some of them we like, some of them we don't mind hanging around. You got family members like that? Yeah, then there's that other group. They're part of the family. But just a little time is all you need. Amen. And then you can say, I, I, I talked to him. Well, you only said hi and bye. Well, that's plenty. I said two things. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's the way it is in church sometimes because we're all imperfect people doing life together. We are all works in progress. We have not reached it yet. Even, I know this will shock you, even your pastor is a work in progress. I understand that it's going to rock your whole world. I understand that. Now my wife's back there going, You should know! Yeah! You see, the longer you're at a church like I have been, the more you get to know. And maybe the less you like. But the point is, I'm a work in progress just like you are. We all are. In fact, the Apostle Paul, toward the end of his life, he said, you know what? I haven't reached it yet. I haven't attained it yet. I'm still striving for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Woo! So moms, grandmothers, when you have instilled that true, genuine faith in your children, they're never going to get there. They're going to keep striving. Because perfection is not here. It's over there. Amen? Amen? So if somebody says, I'm going to take your life, if you don't denounce Christ, let them kill you. Because the Bible teaches that once you die for Christ, you don't pass over and collect $200, you go straight to God. God's throne, God's altar, it says that right in the book of Revelation. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're there. And those parents who understand that develop true wealth in their lives through their children Cindy and I talk quite often about the faith of our children and the faith of the wives that our boys have chosen to marry I'm amazed at my four year old granddaughter and what she learns last week they learned about Dorcas and I said Kelsey what does Dorcas what did she do she goes I don't know she just sewed stuff She just sewed stuff. But at four, if you can name the person Dorcas and tell me that she sewed stuff, I'll take that. I'll take that. Some of the adults are going, Dorcas, Dorcas, Dorcas. Washington Irving said in writing about mothers, this is awesome, a father may turn his back on his child, brothers and sisters may become in." Veterate enemies, husbands may desert their wives and wives their husbands, but a mother's love endures through all in good repute, in bad repute, in the face of the world's condemnation. A mother still loves on and still hopes that her child may turn from his evil ways and repent. She still, she remembers the infant smiles that once filled her bosom with rapture, the merry laugh, the joyful shout of childhood the opening promise of youth and she can never uh, be thought to think her child all unworthy. <laughs> Mothers always have hope for their children. Amen? And so moms, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful that you don't give up on your children. Dads, were not so good at that. Moms, Never give up. One of our members was posting on Facebook and talked about it. had the day off and was looking for things to do, ended up staying at home hanging with the kids. Could there be a better day spent? It's a lot of fun. Lay down on the floor, it takes a while to get up for some. The last time I laid on the floor was when Mark was ten. And, he, and all I heard was, ah, and out of the corner of my eye, I looked, and there's this body coming down on top of me on the floor. I'm surprised I still have a ribcage and a backbone, <laughs> but that was the last day that Dad laid down on the floor, thinking I could just stretch out and rest. Cool. Not with children in the house, but I miss those days. I miss them. Men like to think that they run the world. Wake up. (laughs) Mothers run the world. Mothers are the molders and makers of each day. We remember the ways that mother helped us prepare for the new day. Counseling, advising, shaping our attitudes every morning. Instantly we recognize the truth of these words spoken by another wise wife and mother who said the wife and mother usually hoist the sails of the family ship every day. We determine whether those sails shall catch the breezes of God's love and understanding or the winds of bickering and discord. And that same woman added, When a man succeeds, he does so by climbing a ladder steadied by a woman who believes in him. Behind every successful man stands a very surprised mother-in-law. Timothy's every day was molded by his grandmother and mother. Paul reminds Timothy that he's been given a steady ladder which will ju- uh, guarantee his success and the sincere faith that's been transmitted to him by his mother and grandmother. Paul reminds Timothy that he was, it was given to him as a gift. And he was given this gift of a spirit of power, of love and self-control. Where do children learn of the Spirit's power or the power of love or the power of self-control if not from mothers? Think for a moment what we've learned from our own mothers. Was it not they who taught what it means to be a loving person or what it means to be loved? An interesting bit of trivia, William Frederick Dunkel Jr. pointed out that of the 69 kings of France... Only three were really loved by their subjects and that the, these were the only ones reared by their mothers instead of by tutors or guardians. Whatever ability most of, uh, most of us have to make others love us is largely due to the love our mothers put in and around our lives. Mothers teach us love. Dads teach us to get up and shut up. You fall down and scrape your knee. Get up! Shut up! I said, shut up. Don't you start crying. Until mom comes out. And mom comes out and looks at dad and goes. And what does dad do? Away with you, woman. I'm raising these children. What does he do? Okay, baby, okay. (laughs) I see it in coaches all the time. Literally, the helmet's bigger than their whole body. And they run, gets knocked down, and the kids land, oh man, oh man. And what's the coach doing? Your arm is broke, get up on my neck, and goes, get up, it don't matter, straighten it up, go, Oh, here we go. I remember playing football, and the guy's little finger got dislocated out that way. And he came over, he said, oh, coach, coach. He goes, what? He's like, oh, oh, and he goes, look over there, pow, pops it back in. He says, all right, oh, okay. Now, Mom would be down there, take him to the hospital, emergency room, would spend $5,000 trying to get his finger popped back in. Now, there's sometimes you just got to get on past it. Amen? But there is something special about Mom when she comes to the rescue, except my mother, in the day of Mucuricome and Methylate. It had a skull and crossbones on it, and it was a little bottle that big. And, when you t- and it was dark. You couldn't see what was inside and when you took the lid off, a little puff of smoke went, poof. and then she said, Come here. And she'd dab, she'd push it down in the cut, right? And for a brief moment, she felt, Oh, awesome. <laughs> and then it was on fire by hell itself. Oh, ah, gosh, that's right. But really, she was loving me. Why? Because she didn't want infection to set in. That's mom. How did Eunice and Lois prepare Timothy to exercise self-control, to have the kind of self-confidence that allows one to put to use the power of the Spirit and to love and be loved? Paul reminds us in 2 Timothy 3, by making it known to him in the Holy Scriptures, from the time of his infancy, mothers take note, grandmothers take note, Scripture is God's powerful tool to influence kids' lives for good when you put it in early. Early, early, drill it in, drill it in, read the scripture to your children, drill it into them. How powerful is teaching of scripture in the lives of children and grandchildren? Look what Timothy says again, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceivers and deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing From whom you learned it. We tend to believe the values our parents give us, don't we? And then he goes on to say, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. How important to the lives of our children and grandchildren is learning from Scripture. That's why it's important that our children and grandchildren learn Scripture from their parents and their grandparents. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mothers, do you want your sons and daughters to survive out there in that jungle of drugs and moral decay and selfish living? Then teach your children the sacred writings. Don't leave it to the Sunday school teacher to do your job. Don't expect a youth pastor to do your job. Don't get upset at the church because your kid turns out wrong. You have a job to do. Parents, do it. Makes our, makes our job a lot easier. Then we can equip them in the right way. When a child walks into the, to the classroom and doesn't have a, a, a math book, the teacher goes, oh, well, that's okay. I know, I know your desire is to learn because you're here. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And we're just so thrilled. Hey, everybody, they're here and they don't have their math book, but it's okay because they're going to learn because they're just here right we're so glad they're here and they'll absorb it all it'll be amazing what they walk out of here with most teachers that i know will make sure that that child goes back to the locker and gets the math book if they don't have the math book then they get other things handed to them why do we demand less of church we should we should hold them accountable on Wednesday night, when they walk in, they don't, I don't have to tell them anymore. They just go get their Bible and come in here. Was, That's what you're supposed to do. I say, I can't teach you the Word of God if you're just walking around. But a lot of them, they'll bring the Bible and they'll set it beside them and don't open it. I'm absorbing. I'm a sponge. I'm getting it all. And then I'll say something controversial and they'll go, what, 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 what? And I'll say, well, read what it just said right there. Isn't that amazing how the word works like that? Parents, grandparents, moms, grandmas, do it. You pour it in, they're going to get it. When you impart faith, you teach, use it to teach, to rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness. And to be trained in righteousness means to be taught how to maintain a right relationship with God. Training for righteousness takes place when mothers and grandmothers consistently and conscientiously impart scriptural knowledge. Pour it into them. Get them to memorize scripture as young as you can. The more they get in, the more the Holy Spirit can work with. There was a couple I read about had a grandson named Eric. He didn't really stand a chance. His mother and father were training him in the ways of righteousness. And Eric wasn't always succeeding His grandmother lived 800 miles away Heard about his Lack of successes Poor Eric Right It must have felt mighty uncomfortable To receive the letter from grandma which pointed out That in no uncertain terms Was her grandson expected To do any less To get it done Poor old Eric No Not really lucky Eric Because he was receiving the faith that first dwelt in his grandmother and now in his mother. And when that happens, that kid's going to turn out okay. If you're a grandparent here and you want to make a difference in the life of your children your grandchildren, there's five things I want you to consider. Number one, sit down and write each of your grandchildren a letter. Sit down and write each of your grandchildren a letter. Number two, tell them in great detail why you've put your trust in God and in Jesus Christ. Sit down and write each of your grandchildren a letter. Number two, tell them in great detail why you've put your trust in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ. Number three, tell them why it's important for them to have a right relationship with the Lord. Tell them why it's important for them to have a right relationship with the Lord. Number five, tell them the expectations that you have of them. The world's going to tell them what they expect. Why don't you tell them what you expect? Number five, tell them the passage of Scripture which has been most meaningful for your life and why. the scripture that's been most meaningful in your life and why. If you're a son or daughter and your mother still lives, go beyond sending a Mother's Day card or flowers. Why don't you sit down and write a letter? Handwritten. Long if it takes it. Tell your mother about your faith and the part that she played in bringing you to that faith. Tell her how you thank God for her having given you the gift of faith. I love my daughter-in-law cuz she's teaching my granddaughter that handmade gifts are sometimes more special than store-bought gifts. Kelsey was telling me about the necklace that she made for her mother out of fruit loops. And so Misty, being the mom she is, put the necklace on, right? She was going to wear it to church today. The problem is, as Kelsey hugged her, she began to eat the necklace. (laughs) So it had a dual purpose. If your mother's already joined the saints of heaven... Go to God in prayer and thank Him for the good that your mother instilled in you. Commend her spirit to continual care of God. And thank, for God, thank God for all that has been done by her on your behalf. Paul recognized Timothy for a young man had been grounded in, in upright living by his mother Eunice, his grandmother Lois. The word grandmother is found in the Bible only in this one place. Eunice is mentioned only here in the fifth verse of Paul's letter in 2 Timothy. Everything we know about these two women is contained in one verse. But that one verse is a living memorial to mothers and grandmothers. And it will endure until the Lord returns. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning to move among us here today. Would you, Father, impress upon the moms the grandmothers that are in our service today how valuable they are to you and to your kingdom? God, perhaps there's some mothers and grandmothers here that have strayed a little bit. Their walk hasn't been as committed as it once was. Would they find the courage to renew that strength today? Father, there are parents in here that have children that are older in the teenage years. And, Father, they are a challenge. But would these mothers continue to impress upon their children the power of the Word of God? But, Father, we can't give what we don't have. And so would you impress upon each mom, each grandmother, each dad, each grandfather that's in this room today the power of your word impress upon their hearts for them to learn it to see it and respond to it Father we love you if there's somebody in this room that perhaps doesn't know you as their personal savior this would be a great day to get on that journey to find it God would they just let me know so we can sit down and teach them so they would understand and make that decision in the right way And God, we praise you today for moms, for grandmothers. In Jesus' name, amen.